0: It's a bit of an experiment. It's something we have done before. That doesn't mean mean today isn't an experiment, because we never quite know how it's going to go each time we do it. Uh, Today we're going to go for discussion groups. Instead of me talking at you for half an hour, we're going to get you talking for half an hour between you. We are, uh, this is the final eighth Sunday, can you believe it, of our Horizon series, looking at family growth and invitation, the kind of church, the characters, the values of a church that God is calling us to to be as as we've discovered through his Bible along the way. Uh, We spent three weeks looking at family, two weeks at growth and discipleship and then now three weeks including today looking at evangelism, what it means to be witnesses. Just a quick little reminder before we dig into what we're going to do in just a moment, I'm not going to talk for very long, just a reminder of where we've been with, when it comes to invitation. A couple of weeks ago, I don't know if you remember, I introduced the subject of invitation, how it isn't just a nice word I've come up with. It's, it, invitation is a theme that is threaded all the way through the Bible, that God is inviting humanity back into relationship with him. He invites us, effectively, literally, to a wedding feast, when God and man are remarried once again in perfect union, forever. And we get invited to the wedding feast. And the only way we can get there is if you accept the invitation. That's what it means to accept Christ and to follow him. So we have been invited as humanity by God. But then once you become his and you've accepted the invitation, you get to become an inviter. We get to pass it on and, and, and just invite other people into this amazing, rich treasure that we have. We, we, we are meant to share it with others and not just keep it for ourselves. And we looked at the parable of the, um, the master sending his servants out to invite people to his feast. Do you remember that one? that Jesus is telling, and Jesus is not a people-pleaser, and he's actually winding people up by telling this story. But he's, he's telling the story about this master. He's, he's sending his servants out to, to invite people in who then reject the invitation. I'm busy washing my hair. I've got more important things to fix my eyes on rather than God, effectively. That's what it boils down to, rather than this amazing feast. And so the master tells the servants, he, he says, go, go out to all the hedgerows and the highways and compel compel almost force people to come in it's like guys do you realize what you're missing compel them to go to come in and and he says go quickly make haste do this quickly there needs to be an urgency about this and that's for us we need to find ways of actually sensing the urgency of quite what the family business is what it means to invite other people in what we're part of but then um also just left us with the challenge that actually quite often we the church at large in general not just here at beacon but can sometimes can be here, but the church in general, we've been waiting for too long for God to bring the crowds in, when in fact he's waiting for us to get out there and invite them. That's really important. So we want to keep insisting on this theme of invitation and keep it kind of on our conscious radar, if you like. And then um, last week, Carl Maidment was here all the way from Tenterden, and he continued this theme of invitation and what it means. And he said, actually, he brought out, I, just, I just thought he just brought out some really helpful quotes that just really stick and really challenge. And one was about... Um, Uh, It's hard to invite people to meet someone you don't really know. I thought, that's just brilliant. How well do I know Jesus? And the more I know him, the more surely I'm going to want to tell people about him and invite them to meet with him for themselves. How well do you know Jesus? It's hard to invite people to meet with someone you don't know. And just out of that, Carl just pointed out, this is all about relationship. It's not about doing. It's not about ticking a box. It's not about following a model of evangelism or going on a training course and now you can go off and do evangelism. It doesn't work like that. It just purely boils down to relationship with him. And the greater and deeper and more intimate and more aware and increasingly knowing relationship this is with Jesus, the more we're just blown away by him and we can't keep our trap shut. (laughs) That's what it boils down to, doesn't it? So that's what he encu- encouraged us uh, to, uh, to focus on, to look at. And then he just left us with this uh, final kind of send-off. He said, the pressure is off. We are not called to save people. God does that. We are not called to invite people to meetings. We are called to live a life of witness. And therefore our lives, not just our mouths, become a life of imitation." And so today we're just going to sum that up in a different way. We're going to round it off in a different way. I have some holy clipboards here. They have been anointed with special water and prayed over. So you can see they glow. No, they haven't. Of course they haven't. Um, Oh, that stays there. Not that funny. Okay. Uh, What? What we're going to do, we're going to break down into small groups, similar to kind of what we do during the week sometimes in growth group. We have our life application moments where, where for a half an hour or so as a small group, you discuss and chew over the word that you heard on Sunday and learn... That was wonderful stuff we heard from that preacher, amazing stuff, blew us away, no idea what to do with it. What what does that mean to me on a Thursday morning, Saturday night, etc.? That's what life application is all about in our small groups. We're going to do a bit of that this morning, actually, and therefore I've no idea what we're going to do during the week. I'll work that out later, (laughs) because we'll have done it, but I'll come up with something. Don't worry, I have ideas. We're going to go through a couple of passages. Half the groups will go through one passage, half the groups will go through another passage, and we get to compare them a little bit. We'll read them out together and we get to compare them together. Can we have the slide up, please, Luke? Thank you very much, Lee. We're going to step into other people's shoes, effectively, as they meet with Jesus and as they start their own journeys of being inviters and invitees and so on. And along the way, there's three kind of elements to both of these stories. And both these stories are adjacent to each other. You can start looking them up now. They're adjacent to each other, one straight after the other, but they have a slightly different nuance each time, both ones slightly different than the other. But along the way, I just trust we're going to gain a deeper appreciation of these kind of three heartbeats in these stories. There's an encounter when someone's introduced to Jesus and both, way, both stories are slightly different to the other as we're here. When we, we'll do some feedback at the end and hear from both groups. And then there's a reaction. This person does something to this invitation. What do they do about it? And then there's a result. There's a bit of a climax and things almost change, almost kind of step up a gear Again, as well. So let's just read them together so we both know what both groups are doing. And then we'll have a little sort out and move our chairs about a little bit. So, John chapter 1 just says this The next day, John, this is John the Baptist, he was standing with two of his disciples and he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold, the Lamb of God pointed him out. The two disciples heard him say this and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? And he said to them, Come and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying and they stayed with him that day for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, So you are Simon, the son of John? You shall be called Cephas, or Peter. Changed his name. And here's the next story. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. And he found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. And Philip found Nathaniel and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law, and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, come and see. There's that phrase again. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, how do you know me? Jesus answered him, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. The story continues. We'll just leave it there. Those are the two stories we're going to look at in small groups. We have some wonderful leaders who are happy to lead the discussions. If you want to stand up, who have I asked? Barry, Maureen, Mick, David and Margaret, Jenny's going to help me. Andrea, and Bev with Cornerstone as well, Bev and Adrian. Do you want to come and grab a clipboard? Um, it'd be good just to hear just from amongst the groups. Anyone who wants to shout out, I can run up with the microphone. I'll do my Annika Rice. Was it Treasure Hunt? Do you remember that? Stop the clock. I'll be Annika Rice running around with the microphone. It'd be good just to go through each of these three points and just find out what you discovered, remembering there's two different stories floating around here, so we're here we be able to compare and contrast a little bit as well. Just think any, what struck you most when we were talking about the encounters, the initial one or two verses in each of those passages, when uh, John points out to his two disciples, "There's the Messiah," and also when Jesus goes to find Philip, it's just what is it? You, what, what struck you most when you're discussing the encounters? It can be the discussion leaders if you want a feedback, but if anyone else wants to just pitch in, it doesn't have to be. You don't have to have spokespeople. That's fine. Who would like to share with us? Just briefly, what it is you discover most or what struck you most about these early encounters?
1: I'll kick us off. So we were looking at um, the first, first story, 35 to, thi- to 42, and we uh, we really discussed about how John knew Jesus. Um, and so when Jesus walked past, he knew Jesus. He really knew Jesus, and he was able to say, that's Jesus, um, and the disciples that were with him, who he was in relationship with, knew that he knew Jesus. And so they believed him and said, oh, great. And uh, that, that was a kind of our discussion around that encounter about the real, because John really knew who the Messiah was. And they knew, um, they knew that he was coming.
0: Which also then feeds back into what Carl said last week about how can you invite someone to meet with, people, with someone you don't know. Definitely. Anybody else?
2: Um, So we talked about um, Jesus met Philip, and then there's the whole question of whether we think we find Jesus or actually Jesus knew where we were all along and came and found us. And um, we're talking about how some people hear the gospel first time and respond and become Christians because they were ready. And, or like Paul was telling us, even last night he was out with the street pastors and God told him to go a certain way on their route. They normally go one one way round, and they went the other way around and straight away they found two people unconscious on the street that they were able to help. And God, so it's Paul's willingness to step out. We're willing to step out and then God uses it to position us to meet the people that need to hear about Jesus or... And Sometimes it takes a first encounter and they're through and sometimes that might be the first of many encounters before people realise actually someone's really looking after hit me here and they come through um, on the gospel. So. Brilliant, really good, really
0: good. Sorry.
3: Have a good trip, Steve. Uh, we were thinking uh, initially about how we come To Jesus? What sort of uh, pathway have we taken? And one person said they'd bought a a new TV, which was a rogue TV because it defaulted to the God channel all the time. (laughs) And uh, so that actually grabbed this person's attention and uh, introduced them to God. Uh, Someone else talked about um, a church leader. Uh, placing his hand on them and the fire of heaven going through them. It was a a real spiritual encounter. Someone else talked about being brought up from birth in a Christian family, so being suckled on the truths of scripture. And other people talked about um, friends persevering with them over a long period of time. So there's a whole miscellany of pathways that w- we get invited.
0: Yes. Bev, did you say yeah
3: to
4: me? Thank you. <coughs> so we were talking about um, John already knowing, a bit like mixed group, John already knowing Jesus. And we kind of likened that to kind of groups, pop groups. And so we got someone to talk about a group that they really like and that they follow. And they knew everything there was to know about this group. We all quite know quite a lot about K-pop now, about one particular band. And then I asked the person to talk about a group... Yeah, it was Luke, yeah. <laughs> to, to talk about a group that they, they, they knew of and they'd heard of, um, but that they, couldn't, they didn't know very well. And they, they weren't very enthusiastic and it was just so obvious. The difference between the way that she was talking about one band and another band, and it's an obvious that if you know Jesus, you're already going to be in a relationship with Him. You're going to be out to share Him with people because you're having that relationship and you're knowing Him. Whereas, oh, we wouldn't have wanted to go to the group with person uh, to go and see the group because she wasn't very enthusiastic about them. So it's just the difference was quite, quite big.
0: Yeah, very good. Really good illustration. Just aware of time. At least we can just see the difference in encounters, how they're all unique and how God uses them. But actually, relationship is key yet again, isn't it? Um, How about the next part? The reactions. What are these people's initial reactions and what do they do in response? What struck you most? Anyone? Bueller? Ah. Bueller? Anyone?
3: Oh. I'm just filling in for those who don't want to say anything. Um... One person talked about uh, seeking to share Jesus with a neighbor who puts this great brick wall up every time, even though these two families have got a shared uh, experience um, where they've gone through a heartbreaking crisis. So you would think that one would learn from the other, but um, it's a brick wall all the time. just as Nathaniel he was quite cynical about uh, anything good coming out of Nazareth and one of the answers we felt was to uh, keep persevering in friendship and letting your Christian life impact them over perhaps a long period of time um, and not seeking to lead them to Jesus the minute you meet them although that's what our ambition is isn't it really
0: Absolutely. Yeah, Jenny and I've been friends with the family for 20 years and now the questions are coming you have to be faithful sometimes don't you
5: so not to repeat everything um uh, one of our groups uh, moved to Herne Bay and her neighbor said to her don't go to that church which was Beacon in Sea Street, don't go to that church down there. So she didn't uh, t- say, take that word and she came instead. So, um, uh, and then another member, another member of our group here, uh, came along to Beacon the first time, said I'm not going back down there, I don't understand all that and he's still here today. <laughs> That's about reaction.
2: Yeah, we were discussing, um, actually, someone made a point about um, John the Baptist's reaction, that he wasn't trying to hold on to um, kind of a following or disciples or anything for himself, but that he was just happy that they were following Jesus, that it, it wasn't about him and his ministry, it was just about Jesus.
0: Yeah, worrying what other people think about us can totally affect our witness, can't it? Anybody else got anything? No, that's fine. But the last bit, the result. What struck you most about what actually happened as a result at the end? The little climaxes, the finales, the punchlines.
1: Can you remember? It was ages ago, wasn't it? We didn't actually get this far. Um, (laughs) But uh, I think, actually... Uh, the reason that we stuck around on the other questions was that we kind of kept touching on the result all the way through the discussions and it was about the fact that Jesus did it Uh, it was Jesus um, at the end that uh, in in this passage that he says I know you Simon and then he renames him it's not John that does it and it's not Andrew who's invited them along it's uh it's jesus and we just talked about how we all we can do is bring someone to a place where they can experience jesus but after that it's all it's all up to jesus
5: and to another member of our group um whose wife started coming first um went back home and and said uh, you really ought to come there's a good family atmosphere at the church. And that, he didn't come for a little while. And then she went a few weeks later and said, you must come.
0: Anybody else got anything? You're burning to share. Was that helpful? Yes. Yeah, was it helpful? I suggest, actually, all we'll do, we'd just post these questions on the website, like we normally do with our life application notes um, for the small groups. I'll just repost these questions. Just to help continue just refreshing and reviewing what it is we discussed this morning. And for anyone who's there, who isn't here today, it helped them as well. But then just to pray on the back of it. I'll, I'll, I'll put it down as an extra bullet point, but just on the back of this. Particularly that, that final part about the result. Just one thing that really struck me. I've never really read these two stories as two stories. I've always read them as just a continuation of the same one. And therefore you don't get to match them up and see they've got the same beats, the same heartbeats here. And actually how for both of them, Jesus knows... It's like, you're Simon, son, son of John. Like I know you, and I'm going to change your name. I've got plans for you. And then with Nathaniel, it's like Nathaniel was like, how can you know me? It's like, I saw you under the fig tree. That private moment, you thought no one, no one was even aware. I mean, Jesus probably wasn't even, it's was probably not even with his physical eyes. This is Jesus we're talking about. It's like, I knew you, though. I saw you. And so it's like, it's like back in the Old Testament when God sees Jonah, doesn't he? He says, I saw you, moping. I know exactly what you're up to. God knows each, God knew each of us intimately, long before we ever knew him. And therefore, surely that gives us confidence to the people we would love to get to know him. He already knows them intimately more than we do as well. So it'd be good just to pray for our friends in our small groups during the week. How's that? Shall we just finish with a bit of prayer? Um, sorry to pounce on someone, but Maureen, would you love to pray for us? I'm sure you would. Thank you. Yeah, Father.
4: Father, we thank you. We thank you for revealing Jesus to us, to each one of us. And Father, we pray that this week we would know you more deeply and more intimately. And we would know our friends. And we would persevere with getting to know our friends. And we would look for opportunities to tell them about the hope within us. We recognise we can only do this by the power of your Holy Spirit. Father, we are willing and we want that power. Please come, I pray. Amen.